Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you find uh, Matthew 16 this morning? Matthew 16. We are... We actually started a series last week on the wisdom of God. So this is like the wisdom of God too. We're just talking about different things. I mean, oh, there's a seems to be a deficit of <coughs> wisdom on our planet right now. <laughs> People don't know a lot of things they ought to know. Some of it's just common sense. My parents taught me what potty to go two years ago, and uh, I haven't forgotten. They taught me, you know, to say, to be polite, you know, yes, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, taught me to wash my hands. I didn't need COVID to teach me that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, just to, there's, but there's such a lack of wisdom in the world today. But thank God, there's still wisdom in the Word. Amen. Amen. And so last week we talked about wisdom in the Word. Just follow the Word and you'll be all right. This morning I want to talk about there's two kinds of knowledge. And, uh, you know, kind of just talk about which one we should pay the most attention to. You know, there's, uh, in, the, in this world, there's, there's what we call sense knowledge. You know, your five physical senses, you know, your sight, your hearing, your touch, your taste, your smell. You know, where you, uh, you communicate with the world. But then there's also, the Bible talks about something called revelation knowledge. And that's knowledge that's revealed knowledge from the Word that the Holy Spirit gives you, you know. And anybody can have that that's hungry for it. You've got to be hungry for it. You can be a believer and not get much revelation knowledge if you're not hungry for it. You know, you could still just... And so we want to talk about that this morning because it's real important that we learn to live our lives not just by the sense knowledge what the five physical senses uh, tell us, but what the Word of God tells us. For instance, you know, <coughs> I wouldn't be, and you wouldn't be, none of us would be as near as big a givers as we are if we just lived by sense knowledge. Because sense knowledge tells you when you give money away, it lessens you. But revelation knowledge tells us it increases you. And so, but there's believers that don't believe that and they don't live by that. And so they live, they just live like the world lives. They're going to heaven, you know, but they, they don't live any better than the world lives. They don't live with the blessings, the benefits, the promises. They don't live with that. And so, you know, that being the case, they just, they're just in a place where they're not really walking in the fullness that God has for them. Amen. And so, you know, just think about it like this. We're going to read some scripture here in just a minute. But if there weren't two kinds of knowledge, why would the Bible say we walk by faith and not by sight? If the Bible says don't walk by what you see. Now, that, that, now let me just say that doesn't mean you ignore sense knowledge. There, there's time sense knowledge. Sense knowledge was given to you so you could conduct yourself in the natural, right? But it's not meant to rule your life. God's word's meant to rule your life. Amen. You know, I was preaching one time. I don't know why this sticks to my mind. I guess it was, it was just so funny. I was preaching one time and I was talking about how, you know, when, that, when in the Old Testament, 
when this guy was using this axe one time, he borrowed an axe, and the head flew off and it flew in the water. And the prophet, I don't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha, uh, you know, threw a stick in the water, and the axe head floated to the top. It, 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 it swam, it floated to the top. Well, you know what? That was, why did he do that? Well, that was revelation knowledge from the Spirit of God. But, you know, you, know, you throw a stick in the water, and the Lord didn't tell you that. I started to say this. I said, you know what you'll have? And this lady in the congregation said, yes, yeah, sticky water. I thought that was funny. But anyway, my point was, and, and she made a, that was a good point. You see, if, the Lord, if it's not revelation knowledge, it doesn't work, you know. But, you know, we, we, so we, we have to understand, you know, could you think, could you imagine a person that didn't have any of their five physical senses? <coughs> you know, when I was growing up, you know, the Who sang a song, you know, about, remember there was a movie called Tommy, that deaf, dumb, and blind man sure plays a mean pinball. Remember that? How many are old enough to, all right, Mike admits it, nobody else will admit it. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I remember that. I, you know, I, I had the album, I, uh. I don't know if I even went to see the movie. I wasn't a moviegoer in those days, really. Uh, but anyway, he was about a deaf, dumb, and blind man that could play pinball. Could you imagine if you had all five physical senses gone? You could not contact the natural world at all. There would not be, because God gave you those five senses to contact this natural world. And if you lose them, there's no contact whatsoever with the natural world. You wouldn't know anything. So, you know, they, they say this, that people maybe, they lose one, one of their senses, uh, the other ones kick in and, and, and step it up a notch. And, so, and I've heard that, you know, that, that that's the way it is. But could you imagine if you didn't have any of them? See, this is what it's like to, to be a person in this earth without revelation knowledge. You have no contact with God. You have no contact with the spiritual realm whatsoever. You, you know, you don't even realize it exists. Amen. Now, you may mentally know, yeah, there's a God, but you don't know anything about Him. You don't know how to contact Him, to talk with Him, to receive from Him. Come on, are you following me this morning? All right, amen. Praise God you came out on this cold morning. I'm glad you did. Praise God. But, you know, some didn't. But I'm glad you did. Last Sunday morning, it was really cold. It was colder than this. Remember that? Phyllis and I were thinking about going. We were like, you know, because I like to decide where I'm, this has nothing to do with the sermon. I like to decide where I'm going to eat at on Sunday before we get here so we're not standing out, out on the, the uh, walk, sidewalk, that concrete thing out there, uh, trying to decide. So we wanted to go to this one restaurant, and this restaurant's always packed. And I said, here's the deal. We had two restaurants, one that's always packed, one that you can sometimes get into in a decent amount of time. So I said, here's the deal. If the crowd is down at church Sunday, because it was really cold, that means people aren't going to church, which means we'll go to the busy restaurant because there won't be as many people there. The crowd was down, so we got to eat at that busy restaurant last Sunday. <laughs> Could you imagine this, having no physical senses? Well, the same thing is true. There's Christians that don't have any, don't have much, very limited revelation knowledge, and they don't, they don't really understand the things of the Spirit. But God wants to remedy that. Amen. Yes. See this book. How many know this book's a revelation from God to man, yes. and it's to be received that way. Yes. 
You know, I hear people like politicians say, well, we can't govern by some old ancient book. Well, you better. This was a revelation from God to man. I don't care whether you accept it or not. I'm going to accept it that way. You understand what I'm saying? The world can do what they want to, but I'm accepting this as God's revelation. This is final authority on everything. And this thing, this thing will deal with the hot button issues we have today. We don't have to conform to society, conform to the Word of God, because in the end, you're going to be blessed if you conform to the Word. If you don't conform to the Word, you're going to dry up. Right? Tragedy will come to your life. I'm going to conform to the Word. I take, I take this as a revelation from God to man. And it's to be received that way and to be honored that way. And if this says something's wrong, how many know it's wrong? I don't care how many preachers say it's right, it's wrong if this says it's wrong. And so I'm going to stick with the book. How about you? Look at this. Matthew, you find that? Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, uh, obviously, He's just not listening to the gossip of the day, right? And they said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. How many know that's just all sense knowledge? Who they think he might be. Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? How many know he's not looking for sense knowledge? He's looking for revelation knowledge. And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, that was right, wasn't it? I mean, for once, something came out of Peter's mouth he didn't have to repent for. This is a milestone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Listen now, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you. In other words, you didn't get this by your senses. But my father which is in heaven. See, Jesus said that what Peter said was revealed knowledge, didn't he? You got this revealed to you, and it, wasn't, it didn't come from your senses. If it come from your senses, you'd have said like everybody else, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, but he got it right. You are the son of the living God. And, uh, and he said, you're blessed. Let me know revelation knowledge will bless you. Right? Remember when... Uh, how many remember the story when uh, Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection and Thomas wasn't there? And they said to Thomas, we've seen the Lord. What did he say? I will not believe. I mean, he could have just as easily said, I will. Because he had the same, he had the same, he had the same, opportunity, the same uh, fellowship with Jesus as the rest of them did. And Jesus said he was going to rise from the dead. Amen. He said, I will not believe. And then Jesus shows up a few days later and, and I know Jesus hears our unbelief, doesn't he? He said, Thomas, come here. And uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, like when your parents used to say, call you by your full name, that meant you were in trouble. Thomas, come here. He said, reach, give, reach here your hand, put it in my side, see where I was pierced. Check my hands where I was pierced. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. He said, Thomas, you believed because you saw, because you had sense knowledge. Blessed 
are those that don't, haven't seen and yet have believed. Why? Because those are people that are ready to step it up on a higher level and not just be bound by what they hear, see, taste, smell, or feel. They'll believe what God said without any physical evidence. See. Now, how many know if you believe what God said without any physical evidence, listen, thou shalt have physical evidence show up. Right? But if you don't believe what God said without physical evidence, you won't have help from God because that's not the way the kingdom operates. Listen to what he said. He said, I say unto thee that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, he's not talking about building the church on Peter. How many of you know that? The, he's, he built, the church is built on the rock of revelation that Jesus is the Christ. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Glory be to God. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now I see this. Look, uh, I see there's like three thing, four things revelation knowledge will do for you uh, that are listed in these, two, these three verses. Number one, Jesus said you're blessed. What does that mean? Well, it's better than being cursed, right? What is blessed? Right? Blessed. You know, I saw this book. I've told you this many times, but I saw this. But people are just so ignorant in their thinking. If they don't watch it, they think, they think like the world. And they don't think like the Bible. But I saw this book in this Christian bookstore, and it was talking about, and it was slandering. It said the health and wealth gospel. Well, first of all, there's only one gospel. How many know that? Right? All right. Now, did not Jesus come to do three things? When his ministry, didn't he? What did he come to? He said, he went, the Bible says he went about all their synagogues teaching, didn't it? And he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then what else did he do? Healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So he spent his ministry uh, pre teaching, preaching, and healing, didn't he? I said, didn't he? And he said, I, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? So he said, I only do the works that my Father says. I only speak His words. So what I'm saying to you is obviously, Jesus told His disciples, He said, go preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Is that right? So obviously, obviously healing's part of the gospel. It's part of the good news. Obviously. Now, what about what about wealth? Well, first of all, when you say wealth in America, people think about, you know, four Mercedes, you know. You know what I'm See, wealth in the Bible is to have a full supply. You understand that? A full supply. Amen. And so that might look different for different people. Amen. I go to places, I've gone to places, if they had a bicycle, they'd consider themselves prosperous and blessed. Right? Now to me, you know, or a donkey, if they had a donkey. To me, a donkey or a bike is not prosperous. I don't have either one. I'm not sure I want either one. I'm glad I didn't ride a bike to church this morning. So it looks different for me. How I many of you follow what I'm saying? See, we, get our, we put our Americanized ideas on it. But God, God sees it different than we do. But it means to have a full supply. Now, I've been places where if you, had a, if you needed a bike more than you needed a car... 
because you couldn't really drive your vehicle in that area, right? You, it's better off to have a bike. So, all right, I'm not talking about Evansville. I'm talking about foreign countries. Uh, but my point in saying that is, okay, didn't the Bible say, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory? So is there provision in the gospel? Well, absolutely. So when I saw that book, I thought, okay, if, this, if what this guy's saying, there is no provision, there is no healing in the gospel, then what he's saying is we have a sickness and poverty gospel. Gospel means? Anybody been sick? Was it good? No. Anybody ever been broke? Was it good? No, it's not good news. The good news is, is God's given us a supply through Jesus Christ. One thing you've got to understand, that when Adam sinned, we lost everything. And when Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead, we got all of it back. And I'm telling you, if he didn't, if he didn't buy our healing back, we're going to be sick throughout eternity. Because the Bible says all things were reconciled by him. And if he didn't, if he didn't buy our provision back, we're going to be broke throughout all eternity. But from what I read in my Bible, that's not the way it is. Amen. So everybody say blessed. blessed. Number two, it'll make a rock out of you. You'll be rock solid. Number three, the gates of hell won't prevail against you. Number four, you'll have keys of the kingdom, praise God. What does that mean? You can open doors, you can close doors that need to be closed. If something's going on in your life and it doesn't need to be going on, you can close it because you have keys of the kingdom. Amen? All right, we don't have time to go through all this, but let, let's, uh, let me see where I want to go. Uh, bear with me. I'm just trying. I got so much this morning, but I have so little time. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's, go, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter. We're in Matthew uh, 16. Go to Matthew 14. Go there. And while you're going there, I'll, I'll quote you something. How many of Paul talked to the church at Corinth, and he said to them, that they were still babes. And he said, listen, this is 1 Corinthians 3. He said, do you, uh, you, you walk as, the King James says, you walk as men. Or literally, uh, the Amphibus says, you walk as mere men. Now think about this. If there's not revelation knowledge, something that's beyond what we can see, feel, touch, taste, and smell, then how could we do anything but walk like mere men? We live here on the earth, right? But he was simply saying, we, he was saying to them, he said, because you're carnal, and, and you have to read, I'd like to be able to read all this, I just don't have time. But he's talking about how we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. God. And before that, he said, no man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man that's in him. See, I don't really know what you're thinking unless I could get in you. You know what I'm saying? And be a part of you. And then I'd know what you're thinking. You, you could say one thing and be thinking another thing. But see, your spirit man knows what you're thinking. Right? And God said, nobody knows what's on the inside of God but the Spirit of God. That's the only one. The Spirit of God knows what's on the inside of God. And then it says, He's given us His Spirit, not the Spirit of the world, not the Spirit that operates by sense knowledge, but the Spirit who is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. In other words... <laughs> if I could get on the inside of you, I could know everything you're thinking. But that's not possible. But yet, 
the Spirit of God got inside of us so we could know what God thinks about things. Isn't that awesome? I was reading the Bible one day and it hit me. The, the Bible is a compilation of the thoughts of God. I can think a thought of God by reading His Word. Maybe that doesn't hit you like it hit me, but just to think, you know what I'm saying, I'm thinking a thought that God thought? Wow. All right, I, I got more excited about it than you did, but I thought, man, wow, that's awesome. I don't know whether you know this, but God's probably, probably top tops in the universe. That's why he's called God. Amen. Now, so anyway, Paul went on to tell the church of Corinth, he said, you're, you're just carnal. He said, There's, there, he said, I couldn't talk to you as spiritual. I couldn't talk to you as people that, you know, hey, could get revelation knowledge from the word. You just live by what you see, feel. You make your decisions by, well, you know, that pays more money. That's not a way to make your decision. Well, I'm going to take this job and move, move to Cuba, Cuba because it pays more. That's a really dumb way to make a decision. I'm going to marry him because he's got a gold chain and a hairy chest and a suntan and a Ferrari. That's a real stupid way to make a decision on who to marry. Because the Ferrari is going to get old, the chest is going to sag, and the hair is going to turn gray or turn loose. And then you're left with a, a guy who's got a rusted car, a pot belly, a bald head, and a bad attitude. Is that what you want the rest of your life? See, that's just sense knowledge. You better pray and get the heart of God and get some revelation knowledge. Amen. Because you're going to have to live with them. And, you know, people just, well, you know, I, I'm going to take this job because it pays more money. More money doesn't mean it's a better job. doesn't mean it's the will of God. And what happens if you, if you get out of the will of God and the devil attacks you and you get sick and you lose your money? You, you just follow what I'm saying. You don't open doors like that. I, I go by revelation. What's God saying about it? That's what's right. This is good preaching or what? But anyway, he told the church at Corinth, he said, you're, you're walking like mere men, like, like mere unchanged men. You're not walking like people that have revelation knowledge. You're just walking like natural men should walk. How I many know we shouldn't walk like natural men in any area of our life, right? You know, when, when we have faced physical challenges, which we do at times, we don't have to just walk like mere men. We've got, we've got the Word of God on it. When we face financial challenges, we don't have to just do what mere men do. We can do what God says do. You know, I've told you the story many times of how we were $15,000, which this doesn't seem like much now, but this was years ago. seemed like more money then before, you know, we, you know inflation and all. Uh, but we were, we were several thousand dollars behind in, 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 our, in our church. And this was years ago. It was, I don't know how many years ago, but it's been a long time ago. And so, you know, I was cutting everything. And I'd cut everything, pared everything down. I mean, you bought a pencil and I didn't agree with it. You were in trouble. All right? We were just getting that tough, you know. Um, now, it came down that there was only one position to cut in the church. That was pastor. That was me. And I thought, you know what? Here's what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to run me out of the ministry. And so I, got, I was traveling home from the office. You know, we, I was going on the Oak Grove Road heading towards Newburgh. And I'm driving and I'm just, I got mad. I, you ever get mad? 
I'm mad, man. I'm, mad. I'm, not, I'm not mad at people. I'm mad at the devil. I'm, and I started yelling. I said, devil, you're not running me out of the ministry by money. You're not going to do it. And as, when I said that, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, you're going to preach. I was going somewhere on Sunday morning to preach. I wouldn't be at home. You're going somewhere to preach. He said, when you go there, he said, give them 1100 talking about the church, give them $1,100 from the church. Talking about from the church. The $1,000. Give them $1,100 from the church. He said, it'll bless them. <laughs> I said, it'd bless me. I don't know where they have a need or not. Why do I care? I have a need. I'm not talking about their needs. I'm talking about mine. I'm, I'm, just, I'm serious about this. The Lord spoke to my heart just as strong as... You know I wouldn't think that up. I wouldn't do that. I'm trying to get money, not give it away. And the Lord said, I knew the principles. Understand me. I knew the principles of sowing and reaping, but right now I was in reaping mode. Not sowing mode. And the Lord said, I want you to do this. And, you know, I just did it. I just obeyed God. I went to the church. I didn't make a fanfare. I just put it in the offering. When everybody's taking up their offering, put a check in. You know, I'm sure they noticed it later on. And just put it in the offering and blessed them. God is my witness. In, two, in about two weeks' time, we were totally out of the red. And those thousands of dollars were made up by two checks. One from Alaska. That's the only check I've ever gotten from Alaska that I know of. I'm not saying it's the only one I'll ever get from there. But I'm saying it's the only one I've ever had. But here's my point. That, that wasn't natural knowledge. That wasn't sense knowledge. That's revelation knowledge. Who would have thought to do that? Well, I thought you were... Brought, we, 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 we had different accounts in the church, and the, the, the general account was in the red. We were having to bolster it up by other things just to keep going. But God, I said, but God, hallelujah. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? His principles work, don't they? Now look at this. We were running out of time here, and I don't know, maybe I'm going to have to do this in two parts. We'll see. Let's go here to Matthew 14. You find that? Look with me at verse 28. This is Peter. Remember Jesus came walking to them on the water. Remember that? This is that, this is that incident. And in verse 28, you know, they saw him, and they, they, were, they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And he said, hey, uh, cheer up, it's me. And verse 28, Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come to thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the water, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. How many know <laughs> that's not operating by sense knowledge? See, <laughs> you don't... You don't get out of the boat in the middle of a storm to walk on the water by sense knowledge, do you? You can't even do that in your bathtub. Right? All right, so how many? he's operating by a higher knowledge, isn't he? And Jesus said, come, didn't he? Well, how many know that's revelation knowledge? If Jesus said, come, how many know we ought to go? And so he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But verse 30 says, now listen now, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Come on. Come on. I said, come on. This is easy to sit here and judge, isn't it? We weren't there. I always think this about Peter. You know, come, I pick on Peter on this, on this teaching here. 
when I teach on this, but, but the truth is, he got out of the boat. I said, he got out of the boat. None of those other guys got out of the boat. Did you notice that? I'm sure when he got back in the boat, he was wet. They all said, well, now here's where you made your mistake. How many of all the boat setters can tell all the water walkers how they should have done it? But they didn't do it. Right? Everybody that's never pastored could tell pastor how to pastor and never pastored a day in their life. Get a clue. Now, I'm not judging you. I do it on Sundays. Sunday afternoon, sitting in my chair watching them quarterbacks and the play calling. I was yelling at them yesterday. Wrong play call. It's easy to see from my lazy boy. You know, while I'm sipping my Pepsi and eating pecan pie. Praise God. I've got all the answers. I don't know why they don't pay me those millions of dollars. I mean, that's just goofiness, isn't it? You know, I've heard people say, well, that quarterback, he ain't any good. And I'm thinking, yeah. Remember what I told you? We say, yeah, he's loud. He's no good. He's in the NFL. You go try to make it. If he came to one of our church picnics, I'm telling you, we'd be in all of him. I'm telling you. Come on. Remember when we used to play football until we all got old? Remember what Jill posted that one time we were playing football? You don't know, she posted something really, really snarky on Facebook one time. She said, I didn't know playing with old men would turn you into an old man. Because she would always play football with us, you know, and all. I guess we got too old for that. We don't do that anymore. We just sit and eat food. <laughs> Throw a little lightweight bag around, you know. All right, but how many understand Peter got out, didn't he? I mean, it took some faith, a little bit of faith to get out, didn't it? I said, didn't it? Sure, it took some. And, but when he saw the wind boisterous, how many know what happened? He stopped walking by faith and started walking by sight. He started walking by revelation knowledge and started walking by sense knowledge. And he became afraid because sense knowledge will make you afraid. And he began to sink and he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore or why did you doubt? See what happened. Peter switched. He switched. He switched from revelation knowledge to sense knowledge and it sunk him. Right? Now, let me, t- let me just say this to you. I'm not saying that we ignore sense knowledge. That's not, this, that's not the purpose of this message at all. You ignore sense knowledge and you're going to get yourself in trouble. But you don't let sense knowledge supersede revelation knowledge. See, sense knowledge would tell you, don't get out of the boat. Would it be right most of the time? Absolutely, it'd be right. But when God says something, you don't let that supersede. Right? Remember, remember when the ten spies uh, went in to spy out Canaan land? Was it 10 or 12, Pastor Chuck? 12. 12. 12. 12. Two good, ten bad. Two good, ten bad. Okay. I don't know why I don't remember that. I've only been preaching on that for 40-some 40, 40 years. All right. the, remember the 12 spies that went in? What? Only two came back with a good report, right? right. Did they all see the same thing? They also now what they saw was it true? I mean, was it in the natural? Was it true? Did they not see giants? Without God's help, would they not have been sunk? 
Absolutely. They were going up against the giants. They were going up against fierce people. And, um, but the truth of the matter is God had said something different. He said, I'm giving you the land. And so when the, when the 12 spies went over, 10 came back and said, we can't. It's the land that eats, you know, we're grasshoppers. They had grasshopper faith, grasshopper mentality. We can't go do it. They'll, they'll eat our lunch, you know. We can't take these people on. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, let us go at once. The Lord is well able to give us the land. Now, where did they get that from? They got that because what God said became revelation knowledge to them. The other ten, it didn't. But two of them, it did. And Caleb, when they finally got in, Caleb said, uh, you remember what the man of God said to me. It's good to remember what the Lord said. What the Lord said to me by Moses, that when I'd get it over here, that, you know, I'd have this inheritance. Uh, he said, I brought back word. This is, this is Caleb after they get into the land and they're dividing up the land. He said, I brought back word as was in my, my what? My heart, not my head. His head saw the same thing. Isn't that right? See, when, when I get bad news, the first thing it hits is your head. You got to listen to your heart. You know, my head will say, "Woo, tilt. But my heart's got something else in it. It's like God said. So if God said, I'm going to go by what he said. <laughs> I'm going to get what I'm saying. See, that's what they did. They went, they went something different. Now, all right, I'll, I want to close out. Can we look at one more scripture in the book of Romans? And I'm just going to skip over a lot of this, but let's go to Romans. I'm just talking about two kinds of knowledge. If you're going to operate by the wisdom of God, you've got to learn this. There's two kinds of knowledge, and you can't just always go by what you see. Amen. Now, God gave us our sense knowledge so that we could function in this natural life. He didn't give it to us to rule our spiritual life or to rule our world. He gave us His Word. And so, you know, people, well, I tell you what, I just, I just, I, I, won't, I won't believe it unless I see it. Well, that's what Thomas said, and Jesus rebuked him. So let's look at this finally, Romans chapter 4. In verse 16, this is Abraham. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. So God's just simply saying, I'm going to give it to you, but all you got to do is just believe it. Whoever believe it. Aren't you glad God put it on that, <laughs> that basis? Somebody asked me, and it was a good question. They were ministering to a person and uh, I don't remember what it was about, but they said, this person asked me this question. Can you help me out, Pastor? They said, why does God make it so hard that we have to believe to receive? That's what they asked me. I said, well, that's not hard. That's making it easy because anybody can do that. Anybody could choose to believe, right? What if God said to receive my promises, you have to have a high Q of 140 or better. I mean, how many is going to receive besides me and Pastor Jerry? And I'm wondering about Pastor Jerry or some of the things he's been saying lately. How many know we're all in trouble? Well, maybe not all of us. Some of you may have one higher now. But I know some of us, and I'm including myself in this, would be in trouble. 
right? At least I'm not like some people in Washington, D.C. Mine's not in the single-digit territory. (laughs) Moving right along, praise God. All right. Now, how many of what if God said, okay, you have to be uh, your perfect weight? You, you know, you, you get these, you know, the, 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 the table, the chart, 5'7", medium frame, what you're supposed to weigh. I've always said, I am not too heavy for my height. I'm too short for my weight. I don't need to lose weight. I need to grow taller. <laughs> how many understand if God said you have to be your perfect weight to receive? How many? Don't, don't raise your hand. How many would receive? See what I'm saying? If God put it on one of these natural planes, it's not, not everybody's going to be partaking of it. But God said, I'm going to put it on this level. I'm going to give it to you by grace. Everybody say grace. grace. All you have to do is just believe it. Faith. By, by, by faith, Romans says, we have access into this grace wherein we stand. So, so that's fair for everybody, isn't it? Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. So. Now notice this, verse 16. Therefore it's the faith that it might be by grace to the end of promise might be sure to all seed, not to them which is of the law, but to them also, listen to this, this is real important, which is of the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. How many there's a type of faith of Abraham that we need to walk in? Now, what is that type of faith? Abraham, Abraham had a faith that was based on revelation knowledge, not on sense knowledge. See, you'll see this. As it, as it is written, verse 17, I've made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth, makes alive the dead, and calls those things which be not as though they were. Well, how many know natural uh, sense knowledge does not call things which be not as though they were? It takes revelation knowledge. Sense knowledge. And how many know most of the church, when it talk, comes to calling things that be not as though they were, they operate by sense knowledge. They call what they have. Right? You know, Brother Caps, when he was alive, he used to say this. I like this. He said, if you want the cat, don't call the dog. Right? See, he said, the Lord said to him, he said, I told my people they could have what they say. Didn't he say that? Well, that, you have to qualify that if they believe it. And how can you believe it? Faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing and hearing by what? So if it's a true word of God, you can have faith for that. If you made it up, you can't have... You may think you have faith, but you don't have Bible faith. Bible faith only operates when it's based on the book, right? Promises. So, uh, I mean, on most people, they won't, they won't say... They say what they have. Not what they don't call for what they want. Amen. You have to you have to call, and so that I mean that right there that's revelation knowledge. Listen, to this verse eighteen. Who against hope believed in hope? What does that mean? <laughs> well, it just means he had no natural hope, but he got a hold of some other hope, didn't he? Where did he get that other hope? Well, it tells us that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. So how many know when you're 100 years old and you're believing I'm having a baby, you don't have much natural hope? I have to tell you, if a 100-year-old man came up here dragging up his 90-year-old wife this morning and said, Pastor, will you agree with us that we're going to have a baby? 
I'm turning this over to Pastor Chuck or Pastor Jerry. <laughs> See if they got any faith for that. Why? Because without a word from God, that, it, there's no hope. Right? There's no natural hope here. You know, if you're 25, we, I mean, there's still natural hope. But, you know, when God says something, we have a supernatural hope. Hallelujah. Everybody say supernatural hope. See, that's what the Bible is full of, supernatural hope. Now notice this, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, which was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So what is weak faith? Weak faith considers the circumstances. See, how many know the problem with Abraham was his body, wasn't it? The problem with Sarah was her body. That's the problem, but he didn't consider the problem. So you, you could have a disease, that's your problem, right? Isn't that your problem? But if you consider that, that doesn't mean we ignore it. doesn't mean we like, you know, oh, I'm just, it, I, you know, I'm confessing it's not there. No, it's there. But you choose to believe that God's got supernatural help for you. Does that make any sense to you? See, people sometimes, you know, remember Christian science? It used to be popular years ago. I don't know what happened to it, but I think it's kind of phased out. But there was years ago, back in the 70s, you know, Christian science was, was popular. It was supposed to be Christian and science. It wasn't either. And their, their thing was they, they denied things exist, you know. You know, once Christian scientist, you know, I think it was his, his, his wife, you know, that was not doing well. And his neighbor asked him, said, well, how's she doing? Uh, well, she thinks she's sick. No, she's sick. But they wouldn't admit it. And he, he said one time, the next, a few days later, he asked his neighbor, well, how's your wife doing? Well, she thinks she's dead now. <laughs> See, that's not, that's not faith at all. That's foolishness. Brother Osteen, how many remember John Osteen? You know, Joe had a dad. How many know that? And he has a mom, and she's still alive. Dad's in heaven. But his mom, Dodie, uh, back in the 1980s, got kicked, was it liver disease? I think it was liver disease, and she just had, you know, she had a short time to live, like very short, but she stood on the Word of God, and now she's in her 90s, all right? But here's what was funny. She began to feel bad before she knew what she had wrong with her, and she would tell, she would tell Pastor John, John, I'm just not feeling well. Oh, well, you'll be all right, Dodie. You know, how many remember him, how he talked? You'll be all right, Dodie. It'll be all right. Thank God for God's healing power. And uh, she went back to a few days. John, I'm just not feeling well. Oh, you'll be all right. Dodie, thank God for God's healing power. Come on, Lakewood, help me out. Dodie's healed, right? Thank God. Well, yeah, all that's true. But having you know, uh, sometimes, you, you, you know, you can't deny things. You've got to deal with things, right? And so she went back to him a few days later. She says, John, when I die, I want you to put on my tombstone, I told you I was sick. And they decided, well, we better take her to the doctor. And that's when they found out that she was, really was really sick. But God. There wasn't any natural hope, but God. Amen. Now, let's finish out. Did you get something today? I know, I went a little longer today. Uh, it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. See, we don't ignore uh, the uh, sense knowledge, 
But we don't, we don't live by that alone. We live by revelation knowledge. If God has said something different in His Word, we're going to live by what He said. Amen? And I'm going to say what He said over my life and not what my senses tell me. Amen? I'm going to stick with the revelation knowledge of God's Word. Why? Because Jesus told Thomas, you'll be blessed if you do. It'll make a rock out of you, He told Peter. The gates of hell won't prevail against you. Amen? Amen? Because you got something more than to fight with than just the natural. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It'll, it'll bless you. It'll make a rock out of you. The gates of hell won't prevail against you. And it'll give you keys to the kingdom. You can, get in, oh, you can unlock the door of healing. You can unlock the door of financial provision. You can unlock the door of joy. Hallelujah. You can unlock the door of gladness. Because you have keys. You have revelation knowledge. They asked Wigglesworth one time, <clears throat> remember the English preacher that God greatly used back in the early part of the 1900s up until the 40s. Someone asked him one day, said, Mr. Wigglesworth, how do you feel? He barked back, I don't, I don't ask Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. What, did he, what was he saying? Well, I don't live by what I see, what I feel, what I, I, I tell myself. Has anybody ever woke up depressed? Nobody wants to admit it. No reason, no rhyme. You just feel like, well, it's just, I mean, that's just the unvarnished devil. I told my brother one time, I said, that's, that's the unvarnished devil. I like his response. He says, let's give him a good shellacking. Amen. Let's varnish him. So you have to learn. If the devil can uh, put stuff like that on you, he will. But you've got to stand your ground and say, no, i got revelation knowledge. Yeah. The joy of the Lord's my strength. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.